Oh, what an interesting, interesting time to be alive as Liverpool fans off the back of two results, two completely different results in two days, which is just my goodness gracious. We're going to have some fun with this podcast today. This is Copcast brought to you by Cop Left, which I'm still trying to figure out the easiest way to say without pausing to try and focus. Copcast, Cop Left, Copcast, Cop Left. Uh, I'm Dylan Baker. This is my my debut. I'm very, very excited to be talking about Liverpool today. We have another debut in Peter Phillips. He works with us through Cop Table. He's the host of the Brilliant Preview podcast that comes out for all of Liverpool's fixtures throughout the season. Peter, how's it, how's it going today? Oh, yeah, very, uh, very well. Thanks, Dylan. Pleased to be uh, on your show. Thanks very much for inviting me. Absolutely, absolutely. All credit to Dave for getting this this podcast sorted, and to our one of our other guests for organizing the agenda, because otherwise I wouldn't have had any idea what we're talking about today. Peter and I are going to be carried by two lovely ladies, Miss Umara Naz and Miss Carly Murray. Umara, Carly, how's it going? Good, thanks. Good, thank you. Always good to hear, always good to hear. So let's go ahead and kick off with the happier of two results. Barcelona on Saturday. 4-0. Now, I don't think anybody could have possibly seen this shit coming. It was most dope. And we have actually had two of our panelists today that were actually at Wembley to see the game. So I'm going to start with Carly. Carly, tell me about the trip to Wembley. Tell me how cool it was to, to be there for that match, or at least for what you can remember, because I believe you dipped into the drink just a little. Who does that at football games? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be like me. Um, well, it was for, first of all, it was my first trip to Wembley, so that was exciting within itself. It's nice to go and see the ground. I've been down before to the area. I travelled over a few years ago for the FA Cup final against Chelsea, but I didn't actually have a ticket, so it was just sort of went over for the atmosphere. So this time I actually got into the ground, and I have to say um, the ground's quite impressive. I know a lot of people have give it a lot of stick for the amount that it costs and things like that. But inside, it is an impressive stadium. I think everybody has a good view and definitely like to go back. So that's something ticked off the bucket list anyway. And as for the result, I was expecting it 4-0 to Barca. To be honest, when we scored the first goal, I was just pleased that it wasn't really scored a goal and it wasn't going to be a 3-0 or a 4-0. It might be a 3-1 or a 4-1 to Barcelona. So for it to end up the way it did was... Quite amazing. Um, obviously, Barcelona weren't at the races at all, but at the end of the day, Liverpool can only beat what's in front of them. So it was a pretty good day out. Beer, sun was shining, 4 0 win against Barcelona. So it was a pretty good day. Oh, and I got, I got to meet Peter as well. I had to put that in at the end. Oh, I actually, <laughs> did, I actually didn't know that. That's, a, that's yeah. always kind of cool. Uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to see you down there, Carly. And, and Peter, talk to me a little bit to kind of kickstart this sort of conversation about this game. Talk to me about the, the, the match itself a bit. Did, did Barcelona seem to be kind of playing on the back foot as much as, as much as what people say they were? Um, I wouldn't say so. No, I, I just thought that the Liverpool performance was that, was that striking that they made Barcelona play the way they did. They, they pushed them back. They had, they had pressure on them from the word go, really. The the high pressing that Klopp is, is used to and the intensity was there for all to see. It was just like watching one of his old Borussia Dortmund teams. He had Mane pressing at, at every opportunity, winning balls back, getting us back on the attack. Firmino was doing exactly the same. And I thought um, one of the standout performances for me was Gini Wijnaldum in, in the centre midfield. I thought he had a really, really good, really good game. And Clavin in behind him, it proves to be like a solid spine throughout the whole of the Liverpool team. Plus Klein coming back in on the right-hand side, giving us that balance again. I know Milner 
suffered an injury early on and Moreno come on and, and had a pretty decent game to be fair to him. I know he gets a lot of a lot of stick off Liverpool fans, but to be fair he, he kept he kept the winger quiet for Barcelona. I thought to uh, to be honest, Barcelona didn't play up to their, their usual standards. Lionel Messi seemed to be playing very, very deep. He, at one point, he was just sat in front of the back four, which I found very, very strange. I think the manager set the tone for them to turn up on the touchline with his with his bleached jeans and his, he looked like he had a pair of Lonsdale pumps on or something like that. So I just don't know what was going on with him. <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic performance from start to finish. Four, four decent goals. Mane got us off the mark, didn't he? And then uh, Henderson just after half time, the third goal fired um, a great finishing. And then that header by Cruz just stopped off, uh, put the icing on the cake, really, didn't it? So yeah, all round fantastic performance. But then you go in into the uh, the next game, and uh, we'll talk about that one in the uh, in the next part of the show, I think, though. Yeah, I want to I want to delay that as much as we possibly can uh, due to the no result. Um, so with Amara here, just again, kind of talk to me, talk to me about this match itself. Obviously, you know, uh, Barcelona seemed to be playing, uh, as we've said, uh, a little bit on the back foot. But to be honest, it was like Carly said, it's not necessarily the performance that you were expecting, but it was it was good to see, you know, even in a match like this, us going out there and, and you know, even if it is against a team that is being a little bit on the lazy side uh, to just. Uh, to to really go at them and show that we're, we're we're here to play. Yeah, I mean, who would have predicted that? In the morning, I think I tweeted some words to the effect of um, "We're getting kicked, aren't we?" And uh, later on, when we did win, uh, I got called a bellend, which I've never been called before, which was quite um, nice. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's a first for me. But yeah, I mean, preseason friendlies, we get we can't you know we say it a lot we can't get too carried away with with the results we saw that with the contrast of the Saturday and the Sunday game and and then you had all these parallels with the 4-0 Dortmund win that we had a couple of years ago and then the subsequent season we had so really really you can't read anything into it I mean the the counter-attacking football that day was really good like Lalana for the first goal he was really sharp on his interception Mane was also involved in the second goal as well having scored that one and then you've got the really good press from Stewart I don't think he intercepted um Busquets had the ball so he he took it and then Origi's shown he's really clinical in front front of goal where Benteke wasn't so he kept missing all these one-on-ones you can get Origi and you you pretty much know he's going to score those goals so it's really good to see he's continuing that and then you know Grujic's header at the end was just uh, the icing on the cake was lovely wasn't it lovely pass from Markovic too and like Peter said the centre-backs were really solid I think Clavan and Lovren both did really well and a little bit of a partnership going on. I mean, maybe out of not out of choice. We don't really know 100% what Klopp's first choice centre back pairing would have been. We've got the Sacco injury as well, so not sure. But these two kind of look really good together in pre-season. So I'm pretty much thinking they're they're going to start the Arsenal on Sunday, and they they both did really well. So yeah, kept Messi and Suarez quiet. That's that's not hard, uh, easy to do, and. We can all say that Barcelona were off, you know, off the boil and not really at the races. But you know, you still, even when they're at fifty, sixty percent, you would still expect them to be blowing teams away. But they, you know, we kept them quiet. We didn't let them do that. Um, yeah, Liverpool just generally, in general, moved the ball really quickly. I mean, we pressed from the first. We, we were nearly up one nil in about fifteen, twenty seconds, I think, and then you know it just continued after that. And yeah, we we kept a clean sheet as well, which is brilliant. I kept wanting them, you know, at the end, I kept thinking, can we just please not not concede now because we just want to have to have a perfect score here. 
but it was um yeah it was really good excellent excellent i think that's probably pretty much most of your first teamers there as well obviously there might be some changes against arsenal we don't know exactly he's got a few options up front which we'll probably discuss later but yeah really really good game unexpected result if anyone says to me that they expected us to beat barcelona 4-0 they're lying but yeah <laughs> Enjoyed it. Every second of it was really good. I just want to make a quick point there after Amara. I think a lot of the focus maybe after the game wasn't how well we did going forward, but um, what surprised me how solid we were at the back. And not only Clavan and Diane, but I thought Mignol, he was excellent. Um, I just watched the game there again before we did the pod because beer sometimes hazes your memory. <laughs> but there was there was a couple of uh, decisions that Mignol had to make and sort of judging on last season he probably would have been slow to make them but he his decision making seemed pretty quick come out to the ball a few times so I'm hoping that that change might stay for next Sunday but unfortunately not what, Min- what Mignola is like it could be a completely different one that turns up next Sunday but I do think he deserves some praise after the game I thought he played well and to keep a clean sheet against Barcelona is no mean feat no, especially with the lineup that they had, even if they were even if they were only operating in 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 second or third gear, it it it's good to see somebody somebody who essentially gets pelters at almost every turn, you know, really turn up a good performance against a, a really quality side. So uh, what we'll do is, unfortunately, we, we we do have another game to talk about at the the very next day. So it was actually yesterday, Sunday, against Mainz, in which the the, the tables were turned, so to speak. Uh, Mainz takes a, a four nil win, of course, in in friendly fashion, over Liverpool. And again, it was it, it was kind of an odd bird, but it seemed like not only was the scoreline switched, but it also seemed like the 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 roles and the intensity of the uh, of the Liverpool side that we saw w- was switched as well. Umara, based on what you saw out of Liverpool, uh, you know whether it was the twenty four hour turnaround or or what the case may be, did they did they look like they were playing with the with the same sort of uh, level of determination, so to speak, that, that they that they took out against Barcelona? Not at all. But the team was pretty different to the one that started the day before. I mean, with quite a few changes. And I think Klopp admitted afterwards he had to change from what he had originally planned. He had to change due to injuries. And, you know, the fact that we had two friendlies in two days, there were there were inevitably going to be lots of changes anyway. And then you've got the second game, the Mainz game, was probably just going to be a, a, a given to those guys who just haven't had an outing and, and get them some minutes under the belt as well. But, yeah, I think fatigue probably played a part in it. And I think, you know, like I said, Klopp touched on that, um, saying that that was probably what it was as well. And it was just disjointed. The team just didn't gel. Um, the centre-backs were poor. and But that's to be expected. Matip's just come back from a couple of weeks out of injured. Um, Wisdom's hardly played and... You can't expect them to come in and just suddenly gel and everything. So, yeah, there was definitely some, there was no connection with the team uh, either. And, you know, it wasn't a nice homecoming for Jürgen, wasn't it? Was it? It was uh, not what, I'm sure not what he would have wanted. I mean, the the loss is, is sort of irrelevant in the end. It's a preseason friendly, but it would have been nice to have some kind of competition. It was just a complete 180 from the day before. I don't know which was worse, the game or the you never walk alone that was just completely massacred before the game. I don't know if you guys heard it was, oh, it just, oh, it was painful to, to listen to. But I think the guys tried pretty hard to to top that, and uh, they almost did. I think maybe not as much, but uh, nearly. And and Peter, for you, uh, you know, on the back of Barcelona, of course, this wasn't necessarily what we were expecting out of Liverpool. But uh, again, as as we've said, it, it seemed to, it seemed like 
it seemed like we were taking Barcelona's role of playing on the back foot. Not only talk to me about the game, but but also just in a general sense, having having two matches within 24 hours of each other, it just seemed like it just seemed like perhaps it was it, it was poor scheduling, so to speak. You know, everybody's really been saying that this more than likely was part of the uh, of the Loris Carius deal. But at yeah. the same time, you would you would think that you would think that there's just there's just a better time for something like this, is there not? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail right on the head there, Dill. That it, it was actually part of the the deal that took it, Loris Carius from from Mainz in, in, into Liverpool. That was part of the agreement. Obviously, it, it wasn't ideal with with playing Barcelona not 24 hours beforehand. But Klopp used a lot of different players in in the starting lineup, didn't he? There was only one or two featured from from the previous performance. Obviously, Alex Manninger started in goal and. Matter came in, in in the defence. To be honest, I didn't see much of the game because just like Carly, I was I was travelling back. I stayed over at Wembley on the on the mm. Saturday and travelled back a, a bit later on on the uh, on the Sunday afternoon. So, but when I got home, I did manage to just grab a few few of the highlights. And from what I could see, it, it did look like like a like a tired performance. I think that goal with it with the lads fired at 25 yard that he, he's been allowed to run what 20 25 yards without. Without being pressed, without being tackled, he's just had complete run of the pitch, hasn't he? And he's had a, a massive turned his back, and he's just shot it into the far corner without without any sort of pressure on him. So it it was one of them games. It was basically we have to go over there, we have to fulfil our, our our part of the deal, and basically get in there and and get out, and hopefully not with too much of damage done to the to the confidence of the players. But with a lot of the younger lads. Being out there, the, the team that starts against Arsenal next week will be a totally um, different team to what's what's played there yesterday, and it'll be more similar to what what was played against Barcelona. Obviously, Sturridge is struggling at the moment. Whether he might come back in, I don't know. But I think you certainly the the, the front four of Mane, Firmino, Coutinho, and more than likely Origi are, are going to be a show in for that game next next weekend. And for you, Carly, because I know I know you were you were doing your traveling back as well, and yeah, you didn't have the the chance to watch the game. There there are still a couple of different things to to talk about here. There was there's been a bit of a Twitter uproar after Emre Can and uh, Adam Lallana started uh, at least for the first 45 minutes in both the Barcelona match as well as the Mainz match. Of course, again these played within. The last 24 hours, a, a particular Raymond Verheyen uh, has gone and essentially lambasted Liverpool and has fought and fought and fought. And there's all this Twitter fume all over the place. So, so talk to me about whether or not talk to me about whether or not you have a you have a problem with this this sort of decision made by Klopp. I don't really think there's a problem if it was 45 minutes in each game. I think it would be different if both players had to play at 90 against Barca and then tried to play 45. Yeah. So I don't really have a problem with that, but I guess. As probably Peter will know, and I certainly do, travelling, even though it's just sitting about, certainly causes fatigue. So that is a massive detrimental effect of the team. But as Peter said, it's, it was probably more a case of turning up, fulfilling their duties of being there and getting out as quickly as we could without any injury. So I think Donato Grouch come off with a knock, but I don't really, I haven't really seen anything today, to be honest. So I'm hoping that that hasn't been too serious but there was um, a there was a small I, press conference that came out just as a uh, update on that that were essentially uh jürgen said it was it was it, there were essentially no worries to be had it may it may keep him out of the precaution. first match but yeah exactly mm. i don't really have a problem with that to say i don't really know how else the 
they would have expected to play. It's good that he did give some of the other guys like Wisdom um, a chance again and Matip get him back from injury. So I say I think even sort of to do with transfers, this is still Klopp's time to figure out the depth of the squad we have and to try and figure out the types of players who he is maybe going to release. I mean, I know Wisdom got a new day last summer, but he was sent straight out on loan again. So is it going to be another case of him going back out on loan or is Klopp going to say to him, you know, I've had a decent chance to look at you this pre-season. I don't really think it's going to work out for you here. And he can see then more clearly who he can get rid of. So I suppose games like that do serve a purpose to a certain extent, especially sort of with the manager. Other than that, I don't think many fans would sort of would have been happy about it and would have maybe preferred for the game to be organised properly for next season because I can guarantee there was a lot of Liverpool fans who would have loved to have gone to Germany for that trip but had already made plans to go to London. Right. Well, I think you touch on I think you touch on an interesting little little bit here in in terms of transfers because not only is there time for 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 more for more players to be offloaded, whether that's you know transferred out of the club permanently or or, or let to go back out on loan for first team football or not quite in Klopp's plans can't be sold yet, whatever the case may be. I think wisdom's wisdom's kind of a is a good shout to to start with, but. Peter, pop in here and talk to me uh, not only about some players that that may still may still have time to get out of the club again, whether it's on permanent or temporary basis. But there's also been hinted; it's also been hinted at by Jurgen Klopp that there's also still time to get a, uh, a player or a, a couple players in. Based on the transfer business that we've had this summer, which has been rather extensive, are, are you are you pleased with what we have? Do you, do you still think that there's more to there, there's more that we need? Overall, to be honest, still, I've been um, yeah, I've been quite impressed by the by the business that Klopp's done. He's brought in brought in the guy Carrius, doesn't need to put in the pressure on Mignolet. Like, he was looking to be the number one choice up until um, he got that injury with the with his broken bone in his hand. So that's him out for the for the next six to eight weeks, isn't it? Clavin, every he went under the radar pretty much. He was brought in as a pretty much unknown, but from what from what I've seen him and then what the other Liverpool fans who, who I've spoken to about. They seem really impressed with him, and I'm impressed with him myself. He looks, he looks like he's confident on the ball. He can defend. He can see things in front of him. He, he's got, he's got a good aura about him. So yeah, that's another good piece of business. The, the lad Grujic in in centre midfield. He's had a great pre-season up to now. I know he sat out a last the last game before Barcelona, didn't he? And he, he's had a few little niggles here and there, but. Debut against Fleetwood, he gets uh, gets off the mark straight away, doesn't he? He's followed that up with a, with a couple more goals. So I don't think he was going to be one of the ones that was set to start at the, the beginning of the Premier League anyway. Genie Wijnaldum is another one who's been brought in by Klopp. Had a had a pretty good season up at Newcastle, didn't he? Even though they, they got relegated, he was probably their their standout player. Scored four goals in one match, uh, I can remember, and also scored against Liverpool last season. So. I've always liked Wijnaldum. When when Newcastle signed him, I, I mentioned it on, on the Cop Table podcast last year. At the very start, somebody asked me who was my tip to be um, the surprise sign, and I actually tipped Genie Wijnaldum last year to be one of the one of the surprise players of, of the Premier League last season. Obviously, he didn't didn't tear up a huge amount of trees, but he had a he, he had a good he had a good season for me, and I think it's an excellent buy by uh, by Jurgen Klopp. Elsewhere on the pitch, we're looking. You're talking left back position, aren't we? Basically, everyone's screaming for a left back. The amount of fume, as you say on Twitter, you could start, you could start the uh, fire in London with it, couldn't you? Again, <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I think it's definitely one one position of the of the pitch that Jurgen Klopp does need to address. Obviously, Milner was due to be the first choice, from what I've heard, on the grapevine. Milner was due to be the first choice left back at the start of the season, so now he he could possibly be out. It's got, it's going back to Moreno, so Moreno was not going to start against Arsenal anyway if Milner was fit. So if if we do don't re- obviously buy a, another left full back, he will be starting, but. It's enough for the one to try, because I know personally that they have been looking at left-backs. Hector was one they've looked at, and Amavi from Aston Villa is definitely another one that they've they've had links with. And also Chilwell, the guy um, at Leicester, but obviously Liverpool didn't want to pay what, what Leicester was asking. Liverpool was only prepared to pay around £7 million for him, and Leicester wanted around 10 Liverpool couldn't uh, couldn't agree with them, so... He's got on to sign a new contract with, with Leicester City, so definitely there's something something could happen before the end of the window. Like like Klopp says, he, he's not ruling anything out. Something could just pop up last minute. A deal with with a left full back or a left centre back who can also cover the who can also cover that position. But what I'd like to see personally is Klopping bringing a, a defender who can be like a utility defender, someone who can play basically across the back four. Someone like the guy at Leverkusen, I think his name's Verdic. He's he's a young 21 year old. I think he's He's either a Croatian or a Slovenian. He can cover left back. He can cover right back. He can cover the centre back as well. I'd I'd like to see a player that that can fill fulfil a few different positions in in that defence because I don't like to pigeonhole players. And if they come in as a left back, it's basically right. That's it. That's your job. Left back. I'd like to see him buy someone like I say who, who can play all them four positions and not be pigeonholed and can bring something else to the team. Uh, just to keep you briefly on on that last topic, there is is there a utility player in Joe Gomez, perhaps that we already have access to, or is it, or is it better to go and shop for somebody who may not be quite so hampered by injuries? This is the problem, isn't it? Joe Gomez is that exact type of player that I'm talking about. He can fill it awful awful lot of positions, right back, left back, and centre back, which he has done in the past for Liverpool and his previous club, Charlton, and the England under 19s and 21s. I think he's turned out for it in several different positions across the back four. But as you say, Joe Gomez, he's he's very injury prone. He, he had a great start to his career at Liverpool. He was he was first choice. He played away at Arsenal last year at the Emirates. I remember he mm-hmm. give, give that penalty away, didn't he? But that was he was young. He, he's dived in. It was all about experience and learning for him. Yeah, I'd like to bring a bring in a player of a similar of a similar ilk who who, who can play in all them different positions. I know Gomez is going to be out for the. I know I think he's back doing a bit of gym work and stuff like that, but I, I don't think you're going to see him for it for at least a, another month or two. And Carly, talk to me not only about our transfer business, but one of the things that Peter brought up that I know I know I haven't had enough time to fume about, and hopefully between you and Umara, we've got some time to to you know add some fuel to the fire ourselves. How about this whole Milner left back thing? It just seems, it seems weird. It seems out of place. I don't particularly like it, but as I'm hosting, I'm not going to say much on it. Do you have anything to say on the matter? Well, in general, I like James Milner. I think I'm one of few. I think he gets a lot of stick for absolutely no reason. If you look at his stats from last season, he was brought in to provide assists and the odd, the odd goal, and that's certainly what he did. Judging on him as a left back, I thought he did really well yesterday. Um, we weren't aware, sort of in the ground, that there was much of an injury, but I didn't think it was a bit strange the time that he was brought off, um, because it was so close to half time. But I mean, if his performances are going to be like they were yesterday, I have no problems. Um, he's a great crosser of the ball, so um, if he's going to be sort of 
crossing over in the left wing. I don't really see a problem with it, but obviously on a case of needs must, it's not a case of I'd, I'd rather have him there, I'd rather have a, a proper left back. But yeah, he's certainly a decent cover, I think. Even probably a right back. I mean, Flanagan's gone out and loan to Burnley, so if Klein gets injured, does that just leave us with Brannigan or did Brannigan go out in the loan? Have we even got yeah, he's right um, he's on the verge of joining Wiggle on on uh, on load yet. Yeah. yeah, left back and right back positions are looking uh, quite bare at the minute. I said before possibly maybe another striker brought in, but I think that'll really depend on whether we can get rid of Balotelli and Benteke. Benteke and Balotelli haven't been included at all in the last few games, so I'm not sure if they're literally sat at home waiting for a phone call and to pack their bags and fuck off. <laughs> 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 oh me. But the rest of the signings you, you, you have enjoyed so far based on based on your viewing? Yeah. Um the two that stand out for me are Mane and Grage. Um I'm trying not to get excited about Grage because I've had my fingers burnt in the past with young players coming through in pre season and thinking they're gonna be world beaters and then we get let down. But I do really like this guy Grage, but Mane's speed is just something else. I mean, watching it on the T V is one thing when you see it in real life. Jesus Christ, this this guy could be really impressive for us. This could be a really good signing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He's one that I didn't mention. Sadio Mane, he had it like uh, Carly said. His pace is fantastic. He, he's got he's got a box of tricks as well on him, hasn't he? He's he's a real live wire around the box, and I, I think he's a, a top top signing for us as well. And Namara, I bitched and moaned a lot about Mane uh, myself, not necessarily on Twitter so much, just to make sure that there's no evidence. So to speak, but uh, <laughs> but I, I I did have my uh, precautionary period with Mane, and I, I I will say personally, it seems like he's his performances and and really seeing his pace in a red shirt rather than the 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 red and white Southampton kit, uh, it's really made a difference for me, especially in a, in a system where without Sturridge and through the brief spells of. Uh, of injury that Origi had last year as well. Uh, you know, we we didn't have much in terms of pace in our attack. So talk to me about Mane. Talk to me about the transfer window thus far. Do you is it still primarily left back for you that that needs to be filled? Uh, these sorts of things. Okay. Well, you you're a clever man. I I did bitch on Twitter, but not <laughs> not about the not mm. about the player. Just the fee. I thought the fee was a bit much. But then I on the last pod I kind of conceded now that that's the kind of money that you have to pay for even these kinds of players now, which is fine. And, you know, he's been really good in preseason. I've been really impressed, as the guys have said. He's really quick, and the counter-attack with him uh, just is so much better. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him. And, you know, he can score a goal. We've seen that he scores goals and he, he creates them as well. So that I think that's exactly what we needed there. Um, you know, and that's why Klopp's a manager and we're not, because we know nothing. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, with the Milner thing that you guys were talking about, I agree with Kylie. I like him as well. I think he did well yesterday. I would actually prefer him to, to start them more than Moreno. The, the only thing with Moreno is he's just he's he's too attack-minded for me. He doesn't really remember his defensive responsibilities and leaves massive holes at the back, which we've mentioned countless times before. I think he's a bit mental. I think if you see, look at him on social media, you can tell the guys are a little bit mental. And I think that's, that translates onto the pitch. If you can just give that, if Klopp can control that, or Klopp can teach him how to control that little bit of, you know, boisterousness, if you can say, in his personality, because... That's what it kind of seems to me translates on the pitch. If he can control that, I think he can be do really well. But I think it's something he, it's going to come slowly to him, and he might need to learn. But yeah, it worries me when he he plays left back, where he, you know, goes up 
front in the attacking side is really good, but then you know you get the the massive, like I said, gaps at the back where then the defense struggle to cover up because we don't have the best centre backs in the world. That's the problem. They're not brilliant. They're good. They're not brilliant. So. That's where where it kind of all falls down. So yeah, Milner's injury, it's a shame. I hope it's not too serious. But apparently he left Wembley on crutches, if I'm not wrong. So I mean, I'm not sure any kind of update that's been given on his injury after that. And I, but Klopp did say after the Barca game that he he's going to need to look into buying more because of the because of the injuries that he's got now. So we've got Sacco injured, Carrius, uh, Lucas Leiva and Gomez may not have been kind of first choice, but yeah, they're on the injury list as well. But again, fullbacks we've mentioned, I would be looking at both sides. I think I hope Klopp, I tweeted the other day that if, if we don't have a left back by the end of the window, I'll tweet my pin number. So um, that, that's that been um, uh, pounced upon. I didn't say which pin number. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, and I don't know, but we've been always been talking about a defensive midfielder at Liverpool and that's kind of gone quiet now. But I, I would like to see some someone come in just to, to shore up that defence because I think we've got the attack... I'm really happy with the way that we're attacking. And if we can just tighten everything up at the back, I think it would help immensely and might have a really, really good team going forward then if we can sort that that position out as well. But I don't know if, if Klopp fancies that. Brendan didn't fancy it, did he? I don't know whether Klopp's looking at it either. So I don't know if any of you guys can enlighten me. But yeah, I remember we used to go crazy about the defensive midfielder, but it's all gone quite, kind of quiet now. So... Yeah, I'd like to see somebody come in there and just help out the centre backs and the, you know if, when when needed. Well, and 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 for you, especially because on the on the defensive midfield topic, it's it, you're absolutely right. It's one that it's one that Liverpool fans have gone on and on and on about. Do we need one? Do we not? Does it even exist anymore in a modern system? And these sorts of things. But just just to you, have you have you fantasized at all about an Emre Chan, Marco Grujic kind of midfield too? Because I will say that is that that particular dream, so to speak, is is what gets me to sleep most nights. To be completely honest, have you have you considered how 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 awesome that could turn into as as far as a partnership? Well, well I know that Carly's fantasizing. Yeah, she <laughs> fantasizes about it. I don't know if fantasize would be the right word for me. I, I think about it and I think it could be great. <laughs> fantasizes stretch too far. But yeah, I think those two could be really good together. But it, we don't know where, where Klopp's looking on, on what kind of starting midfielders he's going to pick. So it's anyone's guess, really. But yeah, they do on, on paper or even just looking at them, they, they, they look good together. They're big, they're tough, they're strong. They're exactly what you need there, so let's hope they they do work out. I'll leave the fantasizing to Carly. Carly, <laughs> fantasize with this podcast, please. Do you know what? Um, Keep it clean, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. Um, <laughs> when I was thinking about doing the pod tonight, that was actually something that I was going to bring up about a partnership with them. But then after watching the Barcelona game again, I think Liverpool fans and myself in general. Um, kind of forgot how good Henderson is and how much we miss him when he was out injured um, I think in the past few weeks a lot of people were saying you know how is he going to get back into the side and after watching the match again I think I've just come to realise again how much we missed him and how much he brings to us and how much we forget about it when he's not there so for me Henderson will start next week but whether he will complete the full 90 minutes is another thing but for me it would be Chan and Henderson starting as a, in, a, in the 4 and 2 so, yeah, maybe bring Rach on for the last 15, 20 minutes because I say I don't know if Henderson would be able to complete the 90. And Rach has had a few knocks as well, so I'm not sure if he'd be able to complete the 90, so that would be something I would maybe be looking at. 
Uh, you know, we've, we've really talked about three three particular midfielders that have been or could be massive for us going forward. So, Peter, just to kind of build off the back of that, we've seen we've seen a couple of different systems that that Jurgen Klopp has used over the course of the preseason. It was four three three for quite some time, and then it shifted into really starting with the Roma match that I attended. It really kind of showed the 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 sort of Klopp typical four two three one. Based on what you've seen, maybe even outside the the framework of results, have you? Have you seen a system that you you prefer Liverpool to work within now that we have these players and have kind of given them the given them the run out? Personally, my, my thoughts on the formation is um, they they might start off in, in a certain formation with, like you say, a four two three one or a four three one two. But the way Klopp's teams have been playing previously and and what I think he will do with Liverpool this season. It, the formation will change from time to time, and as and when during the game. At times, you'll have Liverpool in a four in a four-two-four situation when when they're bombing forward, and then if we lose the ball, all of a sudden the team's back into a to a five-four-one. So it, it, it's a very versatile system that the Klopp plays, and it's not a set in stone where some teams will just line up with two banks of four. To up from four four two, Klopp is a very versatile manager, and he'll have his players drilled on. If we're going forward, you can join in the attack, you can get yourselves in the box, and he likes to overload the box. That's what he, what he's renowned for. He says more bodies in the box, then the more chance you've got of scoring a goal. When it comes to the to the opposition getting the ball, obviously he likes us to get it off them as soon as possible. He likes our our players pressing quick. He likes that ball back into our into our possession as soon as possible. But as with formations, it, it's a very versatile situation. The club's got got his, uh, his starting eleven in, and it'll change as you'll notice throughout the season and during during games from time to time. The system won't won't stay the same, and um, I like that. I like that way uh, that he's got us playing. So another thing that I want to make sure that we get the chance to talk about is uh, it's come back out. Surprise, surprise. I know this is going to come as a shock to everybody, but Sturridge is injured. Oh, no way. The Iron Man, Daniel Sturridge, injured again. This time it is a hip injury, which is at least a little bit different than what it has been. So, uh, Carly, I'll come to you on this one first. First of all, how baffling is it that Sturridge could possibly be injured again? And, and d- depending on what the sort of time frame ends up being, because we don't exactly know just yet, uh, how important is it to the beginning of this season uh, not having Sturridge? It just really does seem to be one thing after the other. I mean, that's partly the reason why I do think another striker needs to be brought in. Um, I know we really didn't have Ings for any time at all last season. And we have a Rijki who, by the sounds of things, will probably start ahead of Sturridge anyway. But we just can't rely on Sturridge at all. We really need to take him and use him when we have him. But I think that we need someone else there that we can actually rely upon. So that was part of the reason why earlier I said that I hope that Benteke and Balotelli can get shifted out um, to free up some money for another striker to be brought in. Um, hopefully it won't be too serious. It might only be a few weeks, but it's just... There's literally no no let up. I feel gutted for the guy. I mean, you just have to question. There was questions made of him before. Is it him? Is he not following doctor's instructions? Is it the doctors that are the problem? They misdiagnosing him? 
But when it keeps on happening, I, I really don't know what the answer is. I don't know who to put it down to or what to put it down to. But I just hope to God this time it isn't too serious and he'll be back in a week or two. Peter, again, it, it's one of those things where <laughs> we were so, so close to having Sturridge back for the opening opening match of, uh, of one of these seasons. It, you know, again, as, as Carly says, you do you do have to feel gutted for him. But at the same time, is it starting to worry you? Have you already been worried about uh, Sturridge's injury history? Is it getting to the point where maybe maybe we're starting to have second thoughts on keeping the guy? Uh, how, how, how do you feel about this? Well, it's been very well documented in the past, hasn't it? Daniel Sturridge and his, and his injury situation. His goal-scoring record speaks for itself, and it's nearly a one-in-two situation. But his injuries are just there for all to see. It's, it's a shame for the lad. There's a lot of talk of people saying, are his injuries more psychological than, than actual injuries? It's, it's, it's been spoken about on our Cop Table podcast. It's been spoken about by, by a majority of Liverpool fans, really. And even Steven Gerrard mentioned it in his book, didn't he? During that, that season that we had with Rodgers in charge and we went so close, he said he had to, he had to basically pull Daniel to one side, didn't he? Jordan, a few times of the season and say to him, look, yeah, you've got this this little knock, but just try and get through it, try and play through it. It's not to be all and end all if you've just got a, a slight pull, whereas Sturridge, he's a bit fearful, isn't he? One of his family, one of his, his, his cousins or his uncles, the Sturridge family are, are documented as being professional footballers. His uncle Dean was was, was playing for Derby, and I cut my finger on it, which relative of his was involved in an injury but it, it basically it finished his career and, and Daniel has a lot of fear in his mind that a similar thing could could happen to him if he goes out with a, sl- a slight niggle or a slight injury that it's going to make things a hell of a lot worse and basically he fears for it for his own his own career but the hip injury he's got at the moment he, he had surgery didn't he about 12 18 months ago when he was out in America and he spent a lot of rehab time over there Maybe it's just a, it's a little slight, a little slight problem that's that's cropped up with it with that again. But as far as I can tell, I don't think it's 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 much of a serious one. I think if if push comes to shove, he could make the starting lineup against Arsenal. I have no doubts about that. It's whether it's whether he feels that he can push himself to do that. I think Klopp in in Klopp's mind, it's. Can this guy is this guy ready to push his put his body on the line for Liverpool Football Club? Because that's what people want. That's what he wants. That's what the fans want. They want people who are going to go out there and just give the blood, sweat, tears, the lot. That's what the Liverpool fans want. That's what they demand. And there's, there's lads, there's lads who there who are good enough to be professional footballers who play out there for for no money at all. They'd give the heart and soul, and they wouldn't wouldn't even ask to be paid if you know what I mean. So for for Sturridge to be whimpering off in the background with, with slight knocks here and there, I think he needs to slightly. I think he needs to man up, basically, get a set of balls and say, right, look, I'm gonna go for it this season. If he breaks down, he breaks down. If he gets through it, he gets through it. But for me, it's a big season for Daniel Sturridge, and the way it's starting off like this, it can only be detrimental to his future with with Jurgen Klopp in charge of the club because it's certainly not the way. The way he wants his players to act. No, it is it is increasingly increasingly becoming a worry, without question, about just exactly how much we can get out of Daniel Sturridge uh, over the course of uh, of any given season, if not boiled all the way down to to realistically any given month. Amara, what are your thoughts on on the situation here? Is is it about time to start looking for looking for somebody somebody else that doesn't quite have the same injury record, or do we need to remain you know faithful to Daniel Sturridge based on his goal scoring record? What are your thoughts? 
Right. So I've always been a, a really big supporter of Sturridge. I've always said that we should never sell him. If they want to add a striker in, that's fine by me. But I wouldn't ever sell him. I was watching um, LFC TV goal rush earlier, Sturridge goal rush, and he just look the goals that he scores, what he brings to the team. It's just it's just brilliant, and you can't buy those kinds of things. And we're not in the market for buying those massively talented players anymore. Well, not to the levels that, you know when you're Man United or your Arsenal's or you know, Chelsea City or whatever. So we need to hang on to him. I mean, we don't know much about this latest injury. I mean, it, they said it was precautionary. When Klopp was asked, he said no idea. So we don't really know. Hopefully it's nothing serious and they just left him out. We, you know, we can't really dissect the whole situation without knowing um, any more than we already do. So that, you know, there's no point to do that. We've all had the discussions in the past about his mentality and about his injury record and he has been injury-free for quite a long time. For Daniel Sturridge, it's a long time anyway. I think since February, he's not had any injury. Um, so, yeah, we, we just have to wait and see. But, I, you know, he he's he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. And, you know, let's just, just see how this one goes. Hopefully it's not a long injury and um, he'll be back. Maybe not for the Arsenal game. Maybe he might keep him out, you know, as we say, just to give him a little bit more recovery. But we've got more than able backup in Origi now. I'm not too fast. And, we, you know, we have got options up front that can replace him. Origi scores goals as well when he wants. So it's, it's not like we haven't got, a, you know, last season we were struggling in that area. But with Benteke not being so good, Balotelli was obviously away anyway. But, yeah, I think, you know, we're we're... We've got good enough backup to to fill in while he's out, and hopefully, like I said, hopefully he, it's not as bad as as the as Twitter and or the press or anyone is making it out to be. It was just a precautionary, and he'll be back before we know it. Just to make a quick point on what Amara has been saying, and also Peter's point earlier, you know, there could be some truth to the matter where Sturridge's injuries maybe are more of a psychological thing. Um, you can sort of understand, you know, if his family have had problems with injuries in the past through football. Um, maybe he might be worried that he might push himself too far and end his career through injury. But I think that it's getting to the point now where this is happening so often. He's nearly ending his own career because, you know, if he's not going to play for us because he's scared of being injured, when it when it eventually comes to his contract running down, no one's going to want to buy him. We're going to want to try to sell him. Um, we're probably not going to get that very much for him. So I think it's in his best interest to do what Peter said and to try and knuckle down and try and play play through slight pain. Obviously, I don't want to encourage any further injury on him, but um, it's getting to the point now where it's it really is make or break for him. I think really this season, um, if he goes through another season again of constant injury or psychological injury, if that's even such a thing, I think that his days will be numbered at Liverpool, especially um, with Klopp. Well, and what I want to do here, because we've talked a little bit about Arsenal already, uh, let's move on into the Copcast version of a look ahead at the first Liverpool match of the season, uh, of the 2016-17 season, uh, against Arsenal. Now, we're going to leave Peter out of this one, because uh, part of, well, actually, uh, largely what he does with the Cop table is a season preview. He's got brilliant guests that he's going to that he's going to bring in. You should be seeing that podcast Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, but we want to make sure that, that we get to have our say, so to speak. It is the first match of the season. 
uh, nonetheless. So, so Amara, I'll come to you on this one first. Building up the way that this season has started with the preseason that we've had, the signings that we've had, uh, how impressed that we've been with some of these lads that have come in, uh, you know, especially off the backs of, with a few of them uh, of a big European tournament and, and, and performances out of uh, Emre Can in Germany and, and obviously Henderson playing uh, at least a little bit for England, uh, Sturridge as well, all of these different things. So based on what we've seen this preseason, uh, talk to me about what you're expecting uh, to to essentially get out of this Arsenal match that's coming up this this Sunday. Are you are you excited for the new season? Do you are, are you going into this with a bit of hesitancy? Uh, how do you feel about it? No, I'm excited. You know, this is what we've been waiting for. Klopp to have a full start to the season with a preseason, which he's had now. So. Um, it's, it's, you have to be excited. I mean, you have to look forward with a bit of uh, hope because, you know, it's a clean slate now. He's brought in his own players. And I think it's something that he said himself, that he said, and now that this is my team now. Um, so, you know, he's taking responsibility. He's, he's, he's brought in the players that he wants. He's in, probably going to get rid of a few more. He's got rid of some already. So, you have you have to be hopeful, otherwise there's something wrong with you. Basically, if you're not hopeful as a Liverpool fan, just disregarding all the other teams, you know, just looking at your own team and your own manager and what he's he's done so far, I think it is it is exciting. I just think against Arsenal, it's a good time to play them. Maybe I mean, uh, you know, you don't really want one of these big teams in your first game because I feel it's really important to get off to a, a winning start. It, it, you have it just it's great for your confidence. Although, you know, a loss, it wouldn't be the end of the world, but it, it's really good to just to start the seasons off with these, with, with any kind of win, really, if you can. Um, I just feel that Arsenal struggling at the moment as well. Defensively, they've lost, got three of the senior, well, not lost, but they haven't got three of the senior defenders available at the moment. We've got Gabriel, who's injured. Mertesacker's out for a long time. I think he's not due back until the new year. And you've got Koscielny, who's just coming back from the Euros, and he's not nearly as match fit as, as Wenger would like. And um, he might have to bring him in, actually, now because of Gabriel's injury. Because other than that, they've got Callum Chambers and someone called Rob Holding, who I've never heard of. They're only fit centre-backs at the moment. And to, to throw them in, I think, against Liverpool with the kind of attacking promise that we have shown in some matches with our kind of, if you would say, projected kind of starting front three. Uh, I think that would be a bit silly. So he might have to bring him back early. Yeah, I mean, you know, our players have also, I mean, where Arsenal, a lot of Arsenal's players have been out at the Euros and are just kind of coming back now and, and are not at their full match fitness. Where our, our boys have had quite a long time together now. We've had a couple like Emre Chan, who's just only recently returned and a couple of the Belgian guys but other than that the majority of the team have been together for quite a few weeks now and, and that's good for us and although our record at the Emirates isn't great and I don't want to get carried away I, I'm quite hopeful I'm hoping that we can get something out of it but you know a win would be excellent I would love a win I just think it's really important to start the season off positively and it just it just pushes you on I mean just remember a couple of seasons back when we had those really gritty wins in the beginning of the season and it nearly took us to the title things like that you just need to you need to get off on the right foot if you can and um you know we'll see how where Arsenal are I mean just because defensively they're struggling doesn't mean that we're gonna we're gonna beat them or anything but yeah we'll have to we'll have to wait and see but it you know it, it could like I said it could be a good time to play them at the moment uh Carly Amar makes a a, a really good point here specifically you know really talking about 
Arsenal's injury list. They've got almost a full power attack, but she's absolutely right. The the defense is is really really struggling. Jack Wilshire, uh, much like Daniel Sturridge, uh, is shockingly out with an injury once again. You have Murdasacker that's out as well as Gabrielle, who is supposed to be Murdasacker's replacement. So. You have this 18-year-old kid that's going to slot in as Laurent Koscielny's partner, and again, it's you know it, it's dire straits at the moment for for Arsenal defensively, but they do have a full-scale attack now. While Liverpool have have a number of injuries themselves, of course, we still have Joe Gomez out. Mamadou Sako is going to be out for a little bit, and with Loris Karius out. You have to think that both teams are are surely going to be going almost all out attack, or at least at least attempting to keep the ball out of the way uh, of a defense that may be struggling at times. Liverpool do look a little bit better in terms of their defense, especially with the performances put in by uh, Dejan Lovren and Ragnar Klavan. Do you expect this to be a goals bonanza? It, yeah, it has the potential to be. Um, I suppose the whole thing. Um with this, the the young guy coming in for Arsenal, who, to be honest, I'm not even sure who he is. That could be a poison chalice to us. You know, he's coming in with everything to prove with a with a spot to play for. So, if he has a good game, you know, it, it could be tricky for us. But at the end of the day, the league isn't won or lost on the first day of the season. I'd love I would like a win. Um, I think I'd happily take a draw. Our defence was played really well against Barcelona. We're totally solid. So, you know, it's looking like it's going to be. A- Clavin and Dejan Lovren starting in center mid or sorry center defense. So if they can have the same kind of game as they did against Barcelona, we we should be okay. It's certainly going to be an exciting game, that's for sure. Um, it's Klopp's first game of of a starting a season, so there's plenty to look forward to. At the minute, our injuries don't really worry me too much, but yeah, it it will be interesting to see who, especially in the midfield positions, who gets a game for Klopp. There's been a lot talked about that, and I know I've certainly brought it up a few times about the amount of players we have, where he's going to slot them in, when he's going to slot them in. So that will certainly be interesting to see. Well, and actually, another another really big point to bring up here is is doing a little bit further reading while you guys have been while you guys have been talking. Um, there is also a trio of players: Laurent Koscielny, Olivier Giroud, and Mesut Ozil that Wenger confirmed this past Saturday will not be starting in the Liverpool match because they're still recovering from their, their exploits in, in, in the Euros 2016 competition. So with really? that, yeah, with that wow. included, if that ends up being the case, how, how important is it for us to go out here and, 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 and really put a good showing uh, on Arsenal? Cause that, that, that to me is absolutely massive. They have one center back. Yeah. My, those three players especially considering um the defense was slightly weakened that that's a big loss for them and i'm also surprised i mean i don't really think any of those players were injured um in the euros and i mean at the end of the day emory chan didn't generally get to the semi-finals so he was out at the same time as ozil but ozil's still not fit enough to come back and play so well i think the big thing there is just the amount of game time that ozil got compared to emory yeah well okay fair point yeah yeah um but yeah, that that's a that's a huge loss for Arsenal. So here and that, <laughs> maybe I'd be disappointed if we if we drew. So I think really we should be going all guns blazing. We have nothing to lose, do we? So bring bring a little um, thirteen fourteen swagger back. Yeah, well, yeah. So has has Wenger nice. actually confirmed that, or is he just saying that it's possible? Yeah, he confirmed it on Saturday, claiming that the Liverpool game comes too early for some of his star players uh, to return based on their international per international competition performances and the amount of minutes that they played. Uh, but I think Koscielny, he might he might have to rush back because 
You would imagine it, of the three, it would take would a brave man to play a couple of kids at centre back. <laughs> I mean, against Liverpool, it would it would be you know he'd he'd take a rough you know beating from his fans if he <laughs> if if they we did end up beating them convincingly. Um, although that you know we we don't know that, but yeah, that that's interesting. Now I'm I'm a bit more confident now. I hate you, Dylan. I really do now. <laughs> you shouldn't have told me that. Well, now like I'm I expecting say, us to win. Well, yeah, and I like I say, especially you know whether it's whether it's the kids or even if he does bring Koscielny back, you have to think that with the performances that we've had this preseason and the amount of players in the attack that we have available to us, we have Coutinho, we have Firmino, we have Divacarigi, we have Sadio Mane, we potentially even have Lazar Markovic, we have Danny Ings, all of these different people that yeah. we have, uh, you know, basically at our disposal, coupled with the fact that you you know you may have your Grujic, you may have. Uh, Jordan Henderson, who's back fully fit. You know you're going to have Emery Chan. You have Nathaniel Klein bombing down the right. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's, you know, I can sit here and continue this list, but I won't. It just, it, it raises the excitement level. You, now, uh, of course, you don't ever want people to be injured, but at least in in the... In the upcoming moments, uh, in the in the coming days before this this opening fixture, and against a club that we historically have issues with, my goodness gracious, how how promising is that? Like I said, it's hugely promising, and I'm too a little bit too excited now, and I'm, I'm I don't like this feeling because it, it always ends in sadness, and uh, I just I don't know what to think now. I, I was. Just, I was thinking we need to win. I was thinking a, a great start is important. I think it's really important to win your first game. And but then I, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, okay, well, this is Arsenal. It is away at the Emirates. We haven't got a great record at the Emirates. But you know, considering their defensive frailties, and now on top of that, now you're telling me three of the bigger pl- bigger players aren't involved. Just leaves me thinking, you know, if we, this is they're there for the taking, and it would be an excellent start for us. I think it would be really big for our confidence as well if we could get a win somehow. On this game well and not only that and Carly I'll, I'll come to you here to, to kind of look past the Arsenal match and, and look at our first you know five fixtures even through the 16th of September we have we have Arsenal away we have Tottenham away and then we're at home against Leicester uh, and you know there's a Burnley match thrown in there but then we also have Chelsea away how important is it for you that that not only we we take a win from this match, but you know if at all possible we have a bit of a banger from this match in order to ensure that we've got the confidence going for this for this kind of tough start? Um, yeah, we've got a pretty tough start to the season. Um, first few games are away, and there's some of the the teams who we, we would guess would be finishing in and around us in the top five or six of the table so it's a tough start but you have to play them sometime and we know from last season that to a certain extent playing away from home didn't really fill us with any kind of fear we did okay away at City and Chelsea so I suppose that the team will have some confidence going forward that way you know the, the league is our main focus this season so we really do need to be going out and going at them from the start we have no distractions midweek and really at the minute I don't think any injuries that we have are causing too much of a headache to the squad so these really are the times when we should be and we really need to be picking up points absolutely and again with that first match being played on Sunday we all look ahead rather expectantly so I, I believe, in, unless we have any other any other points to to, to make from from you folks, I, I think that brings this episode of Copcast to an end. I was just going to say I hate that we play Sunday four o'clock. It's just horrible waiting, watching everyone else play and then playing last. <laughs> so. Well, from from my perspective, I will say it bugs me as well because that's a 10 a.m. start for me, and it won't quite be finished up 
by the time I end up having to go into work on Sunday, so I'll probably end up having to miss uh, the last 15, 20 minutes or so, which just burns me. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't complain then, should I? Should shut up and just take it. I wouldn't. At least I'll get to watch it. <laughs> you, you said it, not me. You said it, not me. <laughs> just being a moany cow. It's just horrible waiting for everyone and seeing what everyone else has done and then the pressure's on and... Yeah, I used to hate playing Monday night football as well. I used to hate that with a passion. It's 12.45 on a Saturday. That's the best time to play. Get it out of the way, and then you can enjoy the weekend football. Right, so that that does bring this episode of Copcast to an end. Joining me today has been Peter Phillips. Thanks again for, for stopping by with us, Peter. It's It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, thanks very much for, for inviting me on the show tonight, Dylan. It's been a really good uh, experience with the, with Amara and, and Carly joining us as well. So much appreciated, and uh, I look forward to joining you you guys on the show again. Thanks very much. Yeah, it was brilliant having you, Peter. Thanks again, and Carly as well. Again, this is our first podcast together. It's been it's been a pleasure, uh, despite some of the technical issues that we've had. It's it's I've been very happy to speak with you for the first time. You too. It was nice just getting to know you a bit better. Yeah, yeah. And Umara, last but definitely not least. Only our second podcast, but hopefully, Copcast, it will be far more. Yes, I look forward to it, Isil, and it was nice talking to you. I know you have your fingers crossed, Umara. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Legs, everything. <laughs> awesome. And this is the last episode of Copcast brought to you by Cop Left. Before the beginning of the season, we're all, we're all antsy, we're all anxious, we're all excited that it's here, but we will definitely be back next week to talk about a little bit about the Arsenal game and take a look ahead, as well as some of the other things that have recently come out with Liverpool. So, from us, thank you again for listening. We'll see you soon.